Morning Family Church, Waterlooville. Hope you are well. Hope you've had a good day. Excuse me while I just adjust my monitor here a bit. Yeah, I hope you've all had a good day. Hope you haven't got washed away or blown away in all this uh, Storm Alex. Is it Storm Alex? I think it's Storm Alex. Um, yeah, we're still standing anyway. Praise God. Canal hasn't overflown. Sandy has given me the thumbs up. I mean, uh, my technician has given me the thumbs up saying that we're on the air, which is always a good sign. We're just going to give everybody a couple of minutes to dial in. Um, so get comfortable. Make sure you've got a nice hot bevy there to drink or whatever your favorite poison is. Non-alcoholic, of course, I would assume. I would assume church. Um, just kidding. There's no law. Um, and have a pencil or a pen and a bit of paper to write down the scriptures at least. There's nothing better than being able to go over the word afterwards for yourself. So we'll just give the guys a couple of minutes. We, we're one minute so far. I think three minutes is pretty good, I reckon. Three minutes? I think that's kind of, that's polite. We'll give them three minutes and then we'll get started. So did you enjoy Pastor Andy's message this morning? Brilliant, eh? Also talking about no Jesus, no peace. Seemed to tie in so well and dovetail with what um, Byron was sharing at the men's yesterday and what Tanya was sharing at the ladies. And this is just lovely to see the Spirit of God just moving amongst all those congregations, you know. He's got us going all in the all going in the same direction. I love it. I love it. You can't work this stuff out in your head, can you? It's got to be God. <laughs> it's got to be God. It's lovely. One minute fifty-four. Okay, we'll give them another minute. And then we'll get going. Um, yeah, I've got a good word in my heart tonight, I believe. Um, really looking forward to, to speaking on this one um, as we continue on the fruit of the Spirit. So, um, yeah, so for you men that weren't at the, um, the men's uh, fellowship yesterday morning, you missed it. You really missed it. You've got you to sign up. You've got to let us know and we'll make, we'll, we'll make sure that we put more events on to accommodate everybody because obviously we can only have six at a time currently um so let's make the most of the time while we can let's get together let's fellowship it was really really good and i know all the ladies are so blessed in fact they're having another one this coming weekend now come on that's good let's follow the example man let's let's be let's be gathering ourselves together fellowshipping getting under the word of god and some good bacon butties in the, in the process. Why not? Okie dokie. All right, guys. Well, that's three minutes. I think let's, let's get going then. Um, Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we continue on in the series. And um, tonight we're going to be looking at this aspect of the fruit called peace. So let's just read Galatians 5.22. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. And it says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is love and joy and peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Now, if you were listening to me there, you would have noticed I might have slipped in a few ands there that the Bible doesn't actually have. When they, the editors... Uh, printed out this Bible, they use commas, but I'm, I'm, I'm specifically saying it's and. It is love and joy. You see, it's not one or the other. 
the fruit of the spirit is not made up of many different things. It is it's all of these things. It's a what did you call it, Sandy? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bundle. You get the whole lot, and it is love, and it is joy, and it is peace. This is the evidence of the fact that we are walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. This is the evidence that we are surrendering our lives to the leading of the Holy Spirit, that we are being doers of his word. And so tonight we're going to look at this aspect that is called peace. Peace. It's, I think it's that one um, elusive thing that all of mankind is searching for. Everybody is searching for it in different places. Some look for it in a bottle. Some look for it in, in money or, or, or holidays. Um, you hear people say things like, man, if I just won the Euro millions, or if I won the jackpot, if, if, if my kids would just settle down and find a good spouse and, and get a good job, that, then I'd be happy. Um, when I retire, that's my favorite one. Oh, when I retire, then I'm going to be able to rest. Or looking for peace. But looking for peace by, by removing or changing the circumstances and as you and I know, true peace is not attained by changing our circumstances because circumstances always change. You know, this year for Sandy and I, there's been a mountain to climb. God told us at the beginning of the year, you've got a mountain before you this year. And we've been climbing and we've been rebuking. And, and you know what? Zechariah 4, the Lord gave us a word and he said, you know, you will speak to this mountain with shouts of grace, grace to it, and it'll be removed and you'll walk over it. And you know what? We did, and it did. And as, as that mountain cleared and we walked over the top of it, you know what we saw? More mountains, more peaks ahead of us there to be negotiated. Life is never perfect. Peace is not the absence of circumstances in our lives. Peace has got to be found within. And there is only one who can give us that peace. And his name is Jesus. You know, the Bible says, the Bible says, there is no peace for the wicked. That's not just an old wife saying, there is no peace for the wicked. Isaiah 57, 21 declares it. Because true inner peace is of God. That peace that we can have in the midst of a circumstance, that is of God. But you cannot have peace from God without first having peace with God. We need to have peace with God so that we can have the peace of God ruling and reigning in our lives in the midst of whatever season we are in in life. And so that's obviously talking about being a right relationship with God. It's talking about our salvation, that we have peace from God when we have peace with God, for sure. John 15 then, one of, the, one of those most fantastic um, passages in the, in the whole Bible. Jesus talking to us and saying, listen, think of it like this. Think of me as that I'm the vine and you guys, you're the branches. Now, what you've got to do, you've got to be attached to the vine. You've got to be grafted in and be attached to me, the vine. Draw, your, draw that sap, draw the life out of the vine, and then you'll bear good fruit. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's born on us. It's made evident on us when we draw our life, blood, the nourishment from Christ, directly from the source, from that vine. So Jesus says to us, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Abide in me, and so you will bear good fruit. Unfortunately for us, as Christians now, right, when the storms come in life, those storms that, 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 that can come in, in a moment, without a moment's notice, and, and all resemblance of peace seems to just flee before it. You ever been there? 
I think we all have at some time. You know what? That can happen in a moment. The last place we're going to find peace is within ourselves. We don't, we don't, we aren't called rather, we aren't called to abide in the fruit, you see. We are called to abide in the vine. There is no good going searching ourselves for peace. I hope this is making sense. You don't go searching yourself looking for peace when the peace has just fled from, from the trial, from the circumstance. We are called to abide in the vine. You see, everything we have is found in him. Our peace is in Jesus. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. All we have is in Him. It's found in Him. So when we have need, we run to Jesus. We don't look within ourselves to look for that peace within ourselves. We go to Jesus and we will find as we walk in the Spirit that that fruit that we're looking for will be made then evident. It's the fruit of the Spirit. I don't know if I can explain that well. Let's try this. You know we say, you know we say, seek God's face and not His hands. When, when we run, when, when, when we hit a storm, you run to God. You, you seek His face, not, not the gift. You don't look, go looking for peace, but go looking for His face and, and hear what He's saying to you. What is He saying? You know, it could be that you've hit a storm and now perhaps He might be saying to you, listen, you, you, you've lost your peace, but actually you need to go and forgive Aunt Susie down the road or, or you need to do such. It, or it may be that he, he's saying to you, listen, just learn to be content in all things. You know, I love the Apostle Paul. Um, we can have a look there in Philippians 4.11. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. I'll give you a couple of seconds to get there. Philippians 4, verse 11. And he says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and all things I have learned, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. On me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul learned to be content in all things. Church, we can learn, we can grow, we can increase, just like the Apostle Paul. But like him, we will also be saying, I can do all things through Christ. I can have the peace in Christ, it is always in Him and through Him, never in and of ourselves. I hope this makes sense. So, that other example that Paul gave, when that thorn in the flesh, he said, three times I begged the Lord that He would remove that, that thorn from my flesh. And the Lord said, no. But He said, but my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So Paul then continues on and he says, And therefore I'll gladly boast in my infirmities and my weaknesses, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. It's the strength of the Lord. You see, church, we are to abide in the vine. When we abide in the vine, that's when we bear good fruit. That's when we'll be able to enjoy the fruit of peace. When we abide in Jesus, when we run to Jesus, make sure that we are living in Him, abiding in Him. I hope this is all make, making sense. There is, there is no greater peace than that, that peace that comes from a sense of contentment. When we know that we are walking with God, when we are in the center of His will for our lives, for that season of our lives. So tonight, we're not going to be studying uh, peace as if to try and fool or gorge ourselves on peace alone. But instead, we're going to look at abiding in the vine and enjoying that fruit of peace. To live with Jesus, to abide with Jesus. So we'll look at what peace isn't. We'll look at what peace is. 
and how we can increase that level of peace in our lives. So, as we said, true peace is not the absence of conflict in our lives. This is, this is true. But we still need to use a bit of common sense at times and just reduce all the external conflicts, ex reduce those external pressures where we can. Avoid the petty arguments. Don't get caught up in things that don't really matter. Choose your fights, as they say. Um, re and, re and reduce the pressures. You know, if you're one of those people that is always late getting to an appointment, leave 10 minutes earlier because you know and I know that if you leave to get there dead on time, you're going to hit a traffic jam. And by the time you get there, you're going to be so stressed out. You're going to have no peace. You're going to be needing a miracle to get some peace in your life. Just leave early and you won't be under pressure. So we can do these things. We can, we can reduce the amount of pressure, the amount of conflict in our lives. However, that doesn't mean to say that we can find peace through some form of escapism, you know, like ignoring the elephant in the room, pretending problems don't exist. We'll, we'll never have peace like that. We, we need to confront the elephant in the room and resolve it, and then we can go on to having true peace in our lives. Um, we don't find true peace by, by compromise either. And I'm not talking about the type of compromise where we find the common ground and where we are peacemakers, but we don't compromise God's word. We don't compromise the will of God and the known will of God in our lives. My pastor, when I was first saved, I remember he always said this. He said, what you compromise for, you always lose. So we don't compromise God's word. We keep God's ways. We keep God's word. And true peace is not found through uh, indifference, being indifferent to, to, the, to the things that are going on around us. We don't just look the other way when we see injustice. Um, we, we, we have concerns for others and we do get involved. We are, we are called to, to take care of the need. We, we're called to, to, to take care of the widow and the orphan. Didn't James say pure and undefiled religion is this, that to take care of the widows and the orphans? Um, we are called to do that. We are called to, to help those who are disadvantaged, to have no voice. We, we need to be a part of the solution, um, but we need a balance. We need to make sure that we ask God for equal measure of wisdom and boldness as, as, we, as, as we step out and raise our voices on behalf of others. Remember, we are called to be ambassadors for Christ. This is our first calling and we need wisdom if we're going to be speaking up. So we need to, to speak up for others. We need to, to, to um, not compromise and, and we need to, to address the issues that, that need addressing. And when we do that, we, we, we can move forward with God and we can find what real fruit is. And Old Testament, the word for peace is what we all know is shalom, shalom, shalom. Peace in, in the Old Testament Hebrew. Now in the New Testament, the uh, Greek word for that is arene, E-I-R-E-N-E, arene. Now that appears some 88 times in the New Testament. And that says to me that, that God is, 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 is very interested in the fact that we need peace in our lives. He's very aware that we need peace in our lives. And he is speaking to us about the need for it. We need peace in our lives. We are spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. And we need peace for our souls. And that word irony means harmony, freedom. It means rest. And so we can increase the levels 
of peace in our lives. As Paul learned to be content, we can learn to increase the level of peace in our lives. You see, the peace is just an aspect of the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? It's the evidence of the nature of Christ being formed in you. And so it can be developed just like fruit, you know, when, it, when, when that lemon tree puts out its fruit at first, a small little green fruit, but over time it grows and it ripens until it is fully matured and, and ready to be used. So we can develop the fruits of righteousness in our lives. Now the flesh, which is contrary to, to the, 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 the peace of the Spirit, is evidenced in, in Galatians 5.19. And it says there, there are things like hatred and contentions, selfish ambitions, envy, dissensions. These, these, are, these are contrary to the Spirit. These are, these are works of the flesh. And you know, church, we cannot indulge in a bit of selfish ambition or, or envy or dissension. We cannot walk in the flesh and in the Spirit at the same time. Neither can we walk in the flesh and expect to enjoy the fruit of the Spirit at the same time. We have got to crucify the flesh. And you know, this is written to the church. This is written to each and every one of us. Don't indulge the flesh. Crucify the flesh. And we do that by starving it. And then cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Seeking God through prayer, through studying His Word, doing the will of God that we know. You know, God doesn't expect you to do what you don't know. He, he does tell us to, to study, to show ourselves approved, get more understanding. But He doesn't ask us to do what we don't know. But He does expect us to do what we do know. We need to cooperate with Him. We need to cooperate with God. So, harmony then. Peace, irony, harmony, freedom, rest. So that harmony, that harmony, that aspect of peace which comes from a right relationship. Let's talk about this for a minute. Harmony, harmony with God. We need to start with God. We need to put God first. Get to know God. Make friends with God. Do you know, one of, one of the nicest moments in my Christian life was when I realized Jesus, I like you. You know, I love God. I revere God. I honor God. I fear God. But that moment when I, when I realized, man, I like God. I like everything about him. I like his ways. I like what he does. I like God. It's good to become a friend of God. And he's not my buddy. Uh, I'm under no delusions. He is my father. He is the almighty. But we, are, we, we do need to become friends with God. He's called. He was called a friend of sinners. Come on. We're not that we're sinners. We are saints. Let's not go there. But we are called to be friends with God. We can be friends with Him. Um, get to know Him. Get to know God for yourself. Because this peace that comes, this harmony from this relationship with God is, 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 is foundational. You know what? I've said a lot. And I think I'm talking quite fast as well. So let me quite slow down. Peace. The peace that we have and enjoy is from God. It is of God. He is the God of peace. We're going to get into that now. And so we need to know this God of ours. We need to know him for ourselves. Because like I said earlier, when the storm hits, when that trial comes, when that tribulation comes, peace does seem to delude us, elude us rather. 
It flees. And we need to know our God. We need to know that we can go to our God, that we are welcome in his presence, that we can go to him any time of day or night, and that he will provide for us. He will protect us. He will deliver us. We need to know our God. And you know what? He is the author of peace. God is the author of peace. 1 Corinthians 14.33. can make a note of this. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but the author of peace. God is the author of peace. Seven times in the New Testament, he's referred to as the God of peace. He is the God of peace. Jehovah Shalom, they called him in the Old Testament. Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. I want to look briefly at Jesus and this aspect of peace. Jesus and peace. Before his birth, Isaiah prophesied about him. Isaiah 9 and verse 6. We're coming up to Christmas, so it's a good time to have these scriptures now, isn't it? Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace, Church. He was prophesied before his birth. He would be the Prince of Peace. At his birth, Luke 2 verse 13, at the birth of Jesus, all those that angel came and spoke to the shepherds, and in verse 13 it says, And suddenly there was a with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill to all men. At his birth, at his death, John 14 verse 27, Jesus speaking, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Peace in the midst of the storm, not as the world gives do I give to you. Jesus doesn't give us peace by removing conflict from our lives, but he strengthens us. He empowers us. And like the Apostle Paul, we can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He gives us peace in the midst of all seasons, in the midst of all circumstances. So that's at his birth, uh, at his death. At his resurrection, uh, sorry, at his return, at Jesus' return, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 23, but I would highly recommend a study on, the, on, on that whole chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians. What a fantastic chapter, talking about the soon coming return of our Lord Jesus and um, giving us instruction of how we ought to behave and conduct our lives in this present time. And he says such wonderful things like, don't quench the spirit, don't despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, all this stuff. This is how we need to be conducting ourselves. And then he goes on in verse 23 and he says, now, now having done all these things, may the God of peace not the God of righteousness, not the God of justice, but now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless 
at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is preparing us for the return of Jesus. The God of peace is preparing us. The God of peace is sanctifying us, setting us apart for the return of Jesus. Isaiah 57 said, There was no peace for the wicked. We must have peace with God before we can have peace from God. And in the New Testament, we find 88, 88 references to peace offerings. Sorry, that's in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we find 88 references to peace offerings. Now, we know that under the Old Covenant, there were sacrifices for sin. There were, there was various offerings and sacrifices. There are 88 for peace offerings. Under the New Covenant, Jesus himself has become our peace offering. Jesus was the peace offering given for you and I. Isaiah 53 verse 5. Isaiah 53 verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Colossians 1.19, a New Testament scripture to, to confirm that. Colossians 1 verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. You know what? That cross was not a place of peace. That cross was, was, a, was an instrument of, of torture and of death. But Jesus in a sense, Jesus was abiding in the vine. He was abiding in the Father. He was doing the will of God. And by doing the will of God, that, 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 which, was, that which, which brought death and torment to him brought a fruit of peace for you and I, that you and I could have peace with God. We've got to be so careful, church, to be doing the will of God, to be doing the known will of God. If we want, to, if we want that fruit of peace in our lives, if we want to enjoy that fruit if for ourselves and for those that are in our lives as well, the only way to get it is by doing the will of God. Do the known will of God. So, Jesus is our peace offering and we can have harmony with God. We can, we, we, we can build that relationship with God. doesn't matter if you've been saved for a day or, 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 or a decade or 30 years. It makes no difference. We need to be growing in our knowledge and relationship with God. So let's be doing that. Let's be building that relationship with God. The second meaning of that, of that word, arena, was uh, freedom. Freedom from, from agitation from fear, from, from worry. To, to know the presence of God in the midst of the storm. Not to escape the storm, but to have freedom from the worry, the anxiety of the storm. And so we can increase in this area, this, this area of freedom in our lives. Through, and I want to I highlight and, 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 and look tonight at the area of our thought lives. Because I think this is where we, we miss it so much, you know. We, if we want to be free from, from anxiety, free from worry, we need to, to take control of our thought life. Jesus in Matthew 6, you know, he was speaking to the disciples there. And he said, you know, look at the birds of the air that don't gather or, or reap and and, and, and store stuff up in barns. And he says, so, so, you know, don't you worry about these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. 
And then in verse 34 of Matthew chapter 6, he says, Therefore, take no, do not worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow, Jesus tells us. He says, tomorrow will have its own stuff that you're going to have to take care of. Sufficient is the, is the troubles for today. So you just live today. Don't worry about tomorrow. However, if you like me, I don't know. I, I seem to find myself and catch myself on a, on a daily basis, almost, almost, having these conversations in my mind where, where I've gone down this negative rabbit trail of thought where I am, I don't know, justifying myself or, or, or defending a, a decision I've made or something. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm in, a, in, a, in a conflict. Um, and I, we think to ourselves that by, by preparing for the future, by preparing for potential argument, potential pushback that we're going to get, that, that, that we're going to make ourselves safe. But the truth is, all we really do is put ourselves onto a war footing, prepared for war, prepared for, 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 for combat, in a sense. And you cannot be on a war footing and be living in peace at the same time. They're just opposed to each other. Being on a war footing and, and wanting peace in your life are just going to conflict. Jesus said, we should not worry. So if we're worrying, we are not walking in the Spirit. We are not abiding in the vine. We're doing it our way. We're trying to protect ourselves. We need to fast <laughs> that worry. We need to starve it. You know, it is contrary to what Jesus told us. And not just do we need to starve it and fast it. We need to replace it, man. Just, just replace it with the Word of God. What does God's Word say? And, and look, go to His Word. Isaiah, for example, says that um, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Isaiah 54, I think it is. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that rises in judgment against you, you will condemn. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. That's what God says. So you don't have to worry about what you're going to say because God promises you that, that you will condemn every tongue that rises in judgment against you. In another place, Jesus speaking to his disciples said, you know, there's going to be a time when they're going to drag you up in front of courts and they're going to bring charges against you. And he says, but don't worry what you'll say at that day because the Holy Spirit will give you what to say at the time. We can trust in God. We don't need to try and protect ourselves and, and get ourselves on this kind of war footing where we prepared for confrontation all the time. No, we can live in peace. God will give us what to say when we need it. We can live in peace. But you know, it takes a little bit of faith. It takes a little bit of trusting in God. The Christian life is, 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 is not um, the silos of things that we do. The Christian life is a, a holistic life. We are called to abide in the vine. And, and when we live with Jesus, when, when we live as a Christian, we live by love. We don't throw out love just because we're looking at joy or peace. We live by love as the foundation. We live by faith. We walk in the Spirit. It's, it's a holistic life. And, and we are called to walk with Jesus through everything. And so in order to have peace in our lives, we also need to have a degree of faith. We need to be operating in a degree of faith, trusting God. Which brings us very nicely onto the third and final point, that is this peace, this final aspect of, of peace that I want to talk about, Irene, is, is rest. It's rest. We can rest in God. We can have that inward stability. When everything around us is falling apart, we can have calm in the midst of the storm. 
John 16, 33. John 16, verse 33. Jesus speaking, and he says, <clears throat> that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. You're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. You can rest. It takes a degree of faith, church. We have to learn to trust in God, to trust in that, 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 that he says, listen, with, if you get pulled up and people are accusing you, I will give you the words to say. We have to trust him that he will deliver us. We have to trust him that he will provide for us, that he will protect us. We don't need to, to worry about the tribulations and the trials of this life. Be of good cheer. Jesus is with us. He's for us. He has overcome this world. And as we abide in him, as we abide in him and draw our life from him, we will have this, this fruit of the spirit called peace being evidenced in our lives, growing in more and more abundance. So be of good cheer. We can rest. Hebrews chapter 4. We're not going to go there now, but we, 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 went, this in the, we went there in the um, series that we did recently on faith. And you can look it up yourselves. But it talks about the children of Israel in the wilderness. And God said how they, how they did not enter his rest. There was this rest that God had for them. And he said, but they didn't enter my rest because of their unbelief. We, we are to enter into this rest of God through faith. Through trusting in God. We don't need to protect ourselves. We don't need to run five days ahead in our thought life trying to see how we're going to counteract every trial and every obstacle that might come our way. We can trust in God, relax from our self-efforts. And you know, we need, to, we need to start practicing this in the small things. Practice it in the small trials of life. When, when, the, when the bigger things come, we will be developed in this. We will be developed. Just like that fruit that, that's first produced on the tree. It starts small and gnarly. But over time it, it grows and it ripens until it's edible. Psalm 91. And I'm coming into land now. Psalm 91. Got to be one of my favorite psalms. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall what? He shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now to me I think this is just another analogy this is another way of saying that that um we are by the the, the the vine and the branches or or that we walk in the spirit you see this is talking about dwelling in the secret place it's, it's not a secret place like under the stairs or behind the couch or something it's that private place dwelling living in that private place between you and god no one else can do that no one else can have that relationship with god for me other than me my wife can't do it. My, my, my church can't do it. I have to do it. And you have to do it for yourself. We have to develop that, 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 that place in God, that private place, that secret place where we dwell, where our lives are, are hidden in Christ in God, where we develop this relationship with Him. And as we do that, we will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We will, in other words, be, be reap, we, we, we'll see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. In South Africa, we had this this um, insurance advert, Sunlam, I think it was, and it was this pic. This, there was this, this big umbrella, big golf umbrella, and guy was holding it up, and the rain is chucking it down, and everybody around him is getting drenched, but him, he's under the umbrella, and then the sun came up and scorched everybody, and of course he was in the in the shade under the shadow of that umbrella. That is what it's like when we abide 
under the shadow of the Almighty. That is, comes from dwelling in the secret place, that private place with the Most High. That is what comes from, from abiding in the vine, remaining attached to the vine, drawing our life from the vine. When you hit a trial, church, don't go searching inside of yourself for peace. Go to God. Go to Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. Everything we have is in Him. And as we set our minds and our focus and our thoughts on Jesus, all these other things are added to us. The peace comes. The contentment comes. As we know that we are with our God and our God is with us, that He will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll bring us safely through to the other side. Seek God. Keep choosing it's a choice it is a choice god wants us to choose him to choose to run to him and not from him always in every circumstance of life so the components that we see listed as as the fruit of the holy spirit are all just a result of living in step with the spirit of god some areas are more developed and more evident than others and that's okay because God the Father, the gardener, he prunes us in areas. Just as we feel confident in one area, he comes along and gives us a little pruning. Why? So that we can bear more fruit. He's the perfect Father. He knows what we need. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. You know, he will, he will perfect that which concerns us. So, so trust him as we get pruned a little. It's okay. God is with us. But all these things, all these all these. Uh, individual items that make up the fruit of the Spirit. They all work together, church. Joy and peace, they work together. Peace and patience. Love is a foundation of all of that. So rejoice, church. We can, we can rejoice. We can choose to have joy. Abide in the vine. Rejoice because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You can choose to love your neighbors. You can choose to love your enemies and be walking in the Spirit, doing the known will of God. You can choose to renew your mind. Think about what you're thinking about. Guys, as we choose to walk in the Spirit, we will produce much good fruit. And in this, our Father is glorified. So I've kind of gone over time tonight. I do apologize for that. And I've said a lot. Um, I hope just some of it has made sense and I've articulated myself sufficiently. But um, keep walking in God. Keep walking in the Spirit. No matter what happens, run to God, not from Him. Don't be looking for the answer within yourself. The answer is in Jesus. You are in Him. And everything you have need of is found in Him. God bless you, church. Have a fantastic, peace-filled, Jesus-filled week. And we'll catch up next weekend. God bless you all. Bye for now. Eh?